God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So, let me ask you that question. What does God say? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when does God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So, essentially, the Bible is a collection of God Conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident, and I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that or that thought was actually just me thinking about, oh, I've said some bad pizza. Jesus said we'd recognise his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. Have you noticed God does a lot of talking at Christmas time? The first God conversation with Mary was the one which started it all. But then God speaks again, this time to Joseph, then later to the wise men, and later again to Joseph. But what if they hadn't listened? What if they hadn't followed? Because people heard God speak and because they did what he said, our Christmas cards show Jesus alive in Mary's arms and we sing songs heralding his birth. Christmas pans out the way it was supposed to. Hi, and welcome to episode 40 of the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, speaker, and founder of this ministry that equips you to recognize and respond to God's voice. On the show this week, we're talking about the God Conversations of Christmas and why they matter. Well, welcome to the show. It's nearly Christmas. The days are counting down and I hope it's been a wonderful year for you, that you've known the power and the comfort of God's voice in your life this year. That's our heart as a ministry and it's the motivation underlying everything that we do. Here at God Conversations, we've had an incredible year. It's been a real time of open doors and expansion. Of course, I have to say that publishing the book was my personal highlight for the year and we've started to get some wonderful feedback in from all over the world. So many people have been inspired by the story and have that sense of, oh, I can do this too. So that's been great to hear. I encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to read the book yet, grab a copy. But also we've seen lots of other doors in other ways as well. We've seen different countries open up. I visited Denmark this year and the Czech Republic. And so if we have any new listeners from those countries, a special welcome to you. Next year, of course, our vision is greater. We have a passion to get this message of God conversations out to the world. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. Thank you to those people who supported us this year. And thank you also to the reviewers on iTunes I was reading just this week. I want to say a special note to Jane, to Jane Race for her review. She wrote about episode 38, How to Live Your Dreams. She said, so often we get teaching that leaves us with a question, yes, but how do I do that? Tanya's teaching is solidly based on the Word of God and draws out principles from the Word. But it doesn't stop there. She goes on to explain how to apply those principles in our own lives. If you want to know what God says and how to live a life based on what he says, this is gold. Thank you, Jane, for your very kind review, which helps to get the ministry out there. I pray that you will be encouraged by the podcast and the articles and the resources that we produce. So today we're talking about the God conversations of Christmas. I think you'll be surprised as we revisit the story and look at how much talking God is doing and how important it was that each of the characters in the story follow what God said. 
But before we start, let me take a moment to say thank you for listening to the show this year. It's been so good having you join with us. And my prayer and the prayer of my team is that you'll know God's joy and peace in your own life this Christmas. I look forward to sharing with you more in the coming year. The first time God spoke at Christmas time was the one that started it all. It was an unlikely conversation between an angel and a young woman named Mary. She was probably around the age of 14 or so. God told her that a son was promised, that she would conceive a child by the Holy Spirit who would bring God's kingdom of love, joy and peace to the world. We may be familiar with the story, but imagine what this God conversation would have been like. Have you ever put yourself in Mary's shoes? What was she thinking the next morning when she woke up? Was it a dream? That blinding light, that enormous man standing before me in my room? Could it have been an angel? The scriptures tell of angelic visitations. I remember our father Abraham and Jacob and Hagar too. They speak of great men bringing messages from the heavens. But but why me? Why would an angel come to me? He he called me highly favoured. I found favour with Almighty God. But I'm just a girl. I've always tried to serve God, to please Him, yet I fail so often. You will be with child, he said. He'll be called great, the son of the Most High, the Messiah, the one our whole nation has waited for. What else did he say? I was to call him Jesus. He will reign forever and his kingdom will never end. Will this child lead us to victory? But he also said that he'll be called the son of God. How could God have a son? (laughs) I don't understand. And how can this be? Pregnant? But I've never been with a man. (laughs) Was it an illusion? My imagination? Am I just seeing things? Oh no, what about Joseph? What will he say? He'll he'll never speak to me again. He'll break up with me and then what will become of me? And my family, my father and my mother, they'll forever be shamed. They'll never believe me when I tell them. And everyone in the village, I I can hear their jeers. They'll stone me. I may as well be dead. God, what am I to do? What will become of me? All the things that had been planned. But Lord, it's, it's so amazing, so strange. I don't understand, but maybe it is a miracle. Maybe you're doing something more wonderful than I could ever imagine. My soul praises the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. I am the Lord's servant. May it be unto me, God, according to your word. For nothing is impossible with you. What a story. God's plan for salvation of the entire world began with this conversation between God and this young woman named Mary. With these words from God from this moment late at night in a darkened room in the tiny village of Nazareth in first century Palestine.
I wonder, why did God speak to Mary? Well, you get some idea of the heart of Mary in her worship song. This was a woman who glorified God, who rejoiced in God, her Saviour. A 14-year-old girl who loved God, had a soft heart and was open to Him. That's how it started. And it's the way it always starts. It's the way that God works. The Scriptures say that God does nothing without first speaking it. He looks for a person with a soft and open heart, someone who's willing to bear and carry His plans. Then He plants a seed, a promise. He speaks to us about His plan for the world. And like Mary, all we need to do is listen and receive. To say like her, Lord, I am your servant. Be it unto me according to your word. I can still remember the first time God spoke to me about my future. I was sitting in my room having a quiet moment while all my flatmates were in the lounge room watching TV. And God spoke to me about a future. For me, it would involve ministry. And even though at the time I, I didn't really know what it meant, I just remember feeling so excited about it. I ran out to tell my flatmate what God had said. It had all started with a word, a simple promise. I'm calling you. I want to use you. I have something planned for you that's much bigger than what you could ever conceive for yourself. God is still looking for his Marys today. He's still looking for someone to speak to, someone who will carry his heart and birth his plans. What's God speaking to you about this Christmas? The second time God spoke at Christmas time was to Mary's fiancé, Joseph. He and Mary were betrothed to be married, as was the custom of the day. Their parents had arranged the marriage by looking out for respectable prospects and going through the customary manner of betrothal, followed by a wedding. At this point, the marriage was a done deal. It was all going smoothly. But now Joseph finds out that his wife-to-be is pregnant, and unexplainably so. She tried to say it was something about a conversation with an angel and the saviour of the world. The child was miraculously conceived when the Holy Spirit came over her. But who would believe that? Now Joseph finds himself in a dreadful predicament. He's torn between his loyalties to Mary and his parents and the shame he feels by her betrayal. There was no way he could believe such a crazy story. And now Mary's life is in danger. A crime like this was punishable by death. But the scriptures go on to tell us that Joseph had in mind to divorce Mary quietly. He wanted to do the right thing by the law, but he still felt compassion for his betrothed and didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. So here we see that God's promise and God's plan is now in serious jeopardy. So what does God do? He speaks. He speaks to protect the promise he'd made. After this, Matthew chapter 1 reads, An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. What do we see? God speaks again. He makes his promise clear. I love that. He's making sure that his original promise is protected. He's making sure the God-given seed that he planted in Mary's life doesn't die. But now look, Joseph has to make a choice. 
God had spoken to him, but he's still in a challenging situation. Whose voice was he going to follow? He's still got the issue of public shame. He's still got the people in the village speaking about the couple. He's still got the embarrassment of a pregnant woman who's not his wife. Have you noticed that when God speaks, his voice often goes against the voice of the crowd? When we make a choice to follow Jesus and listen to his spirit, that voice will often take us down paths that others aren't taking. His voice calls us to live differently, often to step out of the box and to believe the unbelievable. His voice may even expose us to ridicule, embarrassment and unpopularity. You see, it's one thing to hear from God, but it's another to do what he says. His voice may call us to do things we wouldn't ordinarily do. It may call us to go against the crowd. I remember that happening in my own experience. God had called me to ministry, and a year later that meant resigning from my job. Well, I can still remember the look on my boss's face when I tried to explain. But, but what will you do, he asked. Where, where will you get your income? I could see his concern and his fear. <laughs> I could also see him thinking, uh-huh, this one's a little crazy. But at that point I had a choice. Would I listen to the voice of the Spirit and what God was telling me to do, or would I listen to those who hadn't heard God speak about it? I knew that I'd heard from God. His voice had been thoroughly tested and confirmed. I knew that it was from Him. So I had a choice. Would I listen to Him or what other people were saying? I love that Joseph, like his betrothed Mary, was a person after God's own heart. The scriptures say that when Joseph woke up from his dream, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife. He went against the crowd and followed the voice of God. And because he did that, Mary was able to safely give birth to the promise. When God has spoken, it's not the voice of the crowd we need to follow. It's the voice that leads us to the place where his promises are fulfilled. The third God conversation at Christmas time was again to Joseph. God had already spoken to Mary about her future role in bearing the Saviour of the world. Then he spoke to Joseph during the pregnancy, saying that the child was from him, not to worry that he shouldn't split from Mary, but marry her as planned. Now God speaks to Joseph a second time. By this time, Jesus had been born. The couple were in Bethlehem, settling into life as a family. They were totally unaware that not too far from them, there was a brutal king who was plotting to find the baby Jesus and kill him. Herod was threatened by the prophecy that he'd heard. Another king, a greater king, would be born. And true to form, there was no way that Herod was going to stand in the way of his power. He'd already been plotting with the wise men to locate Jesus with the intent of destroying him. So now God speaks, and this time it's to rescue his promise from a deadly situation. He speaks to Joseph in a dream. The family were to pack up everything and leave immediately for Egypt or face the risk of Jesus being murdered. It's an incredible story, really. Joseph and Mary had no way of knowing that anything was amiss. They would have known Herod's reputation for ruthlessness and jealousy. This was a man who was known in history for killing those he felt threatened by. 
but they wouldn't have known that Herod was out to get them personally. There were no natural signs indicating danger, no immediate threats or rumours that he was planning a murderous rampage. All they had to do was trust the voice of God that they heard. One of the things that we see when we start to carry God's plans and promises for our lives is that he watches to make sure that those promises are protected. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, it says that God watches over his word to perform it. That means that after he sends out his word to us, he makes sure that it comes to pass. Even when it's under threat, he speaks and he tells us what to do. The truth is that when we start living for God, when we start cooperating with his plans and listening to his voice, we're going to attract the attack of the enemy. Things will go wrong. The scriptures tell us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, not against people, but against the spiritual powers and rulers of the air. There is an enemy in this world who works actively to thwart God's plans. And we're going to see that every time we choose to follow God's voice. But at the same time, we know that God is watching. He knows how to guide us through those attacks. He knows the best way to go because he's committed to his word. The scriptures say he can't lie, that everything he says has the power to bring itself to pass. I've seen that in my own life as I've started to follow God's plan. At one point, I moved cities to do what God said. Then I watched as everything began to fall apart. I lost my income, my friends, a a promised job. I'll never forget it. To be honest, it was one of the worst times of my life. And I remember crying out to God, what do I do? I've followed what you've said. I've done what you've said, but now the enemy is on the attack. During that time, thankfully, God spoke. In the midst of it all, when all the circumstances were going wrong, he was showing me that he was working. He was watching over his word and he would guarantee that it would come to pass. That's what God does for Joseph. And Joseph listens. He follows what God says. And even though there are no natural signs of danger, Joseph gets up in the middle of the night, he packs up the manger, his family, and they all escape to Egypt. And because Joseph listened to God, and because he did what he said, that promised saviour grew to adulthood. God's word was fulfilled. Like Joseph, we're called to listen and to follow. And just like him, we will see God watching over his word to bring it to pass. Well, we've seen how God spoke to Mary and Joseph, people who were familiar with the God of Israel. Even though their God conversations were unusual, at least they knew something about this God. But the fourth God conversation in the Christmas story is altogether different. This one was to the wise men, sojourners from the East, who didn't even know the God of the Jews. All they had done is heard about a king who was to be born, an ancient prophecy that spoke of one who would have a powerful influence across the world. So when the sign in the sky appeared, they immediately followed it, believing they would find the place where this new king was. Of course, the story goes that when the wise men reached the newborn in Bethlehem, God spoke to them 
They had planned to return to King Herod and report back on the child and his whereabouts. But instead, God stopped them. He spoke to them in a dream. He warned them, don't return. Instead, go back to your country via another route. It's a fascinating turnaround. Now, we don't know a lot about the wise men, although there are a bunch of theories and ideas floating around about who they were. We don't even know that there are actually three of them. That's just a convenient way for the Christmas carol to describe them because they presented the baby Jesus with three gifts at the manger. We do know that they came from the east, the area of the world that had once been the Persian Empire. They were known as magi, magicians or sorcerers, who watched the sky for signs and omens. Magi were known to be notable figures who were consulted by leaders and authorities for their advice and their spiritual insights. What's so striking about the God conversation with the wise men is that God speaks to them at all. He's speaking to people who don't even know him, even those who engage in spiritual practices that he'd banned with his own people. We could imagine the faithful attending Jesus' birth, couldn't we? But here we see this group of strange outliers, foreigners who'd been led there by God himself. This God is reaching out to people who don't know him and even involving them in his plan. After all, the wise men were some of the first people who acknowledged who Jesus was and who worshipped him with their gifts. I love that about the heart of God. Sometimes we think that God's voice is just for ourselves, for those who know him personally. But the truth is that God's Holy Spirit is working in the lives of other people to reveal himself. He's speaking to them about who he is. He's even using them to protect his plans. Maybe God has been speaking to your friends and your family. Maybe he's working in their lives too. I have friends who've experienced this, who came to follow Jesus because God spoke to them in a dream. Even this week, I read an article about how God spoke to a well-known TV personality. He heard a voice warning him about a plane crash, and it came to pass, just as he saw. He didn't even believe in premonitions or, or God speaking. Yet that incident became the turning point in leading him back to the faith that he grew up with. In the Christmas story, we see that God is reaching out to people and today he's still doing the same. God's plan is that all people know him. And as his people, we need to look out for what God is doing, to listen to what he's saying and always to cooperate with what he's doing in the lives of those around us. We see that God spoke repeatedly throughout the Christmas story. He does a lot of talking. Now we see the fifth God conversation. It took place many years after the previous one. Mary and Joseph are still living in Egypt with their son Jesus, and King Herod has died. So God speaks, this time to guide his promise into the final phase of the story. In another dream, God tells Joseph, it's time to go home. The threat of Herod is over and they can now live safely back in their hometown. So the couple travel back to Nazareth in Galilee, where soon Jesus launches his ministry and finishes the task that God had called him to do. 
The story of Christmas starts and ends with a God conversation. God spoke his plan into being. Then he spoke again and again to see it safely come to pass. Each time God spoke to protect his word. And each time people did what he said. Through it all, we see that God was speaking to guide the process and bring everything into place at the right time. That's how he works. He brings things together in fulfilment. In the right time, he is faithful and true to his promise. But it's also important to see how it all came together. Yes, God spoke. Yes, he's faithful to his words. But what if the people God spoke to hadn't listened? What if Mary wrote off her experience as some misplaced fantasy? What if Joseph had just said, it was the spicy pizza? What if the wise men hadn't taken the dream seriously, thinking "Eh, it's just a bad case of paranoia? What then? The Christmas story reminds us to stop and listen to what God is saying. It's a reminder that God wants to work in and through us to bring his plans about, that his will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. But the truth is he can't do it without us. He calls us to be his hands and his feet. And we do that by listening to his voice speaking to us, to be like Mary, to say, I am the Lord's servant. Be it unto me according to your word, for nothing is impossible for you. In my own life, I've watched this same process come to pass. God spoke to me when I was 26 years old. He spoke about my future and what God had for me, but it took a lot of time. At first, I expected it to happen overnight. And like Mary and Joseph, sometimes the plan seemed to get held up and things went wrong. There were delays and I found myself wondering if God's words would ever come to pass. I can imagine Mary and Joseph stuck in Egypt asking similar questions too. I'm sure Mary looked back on her conversation with the angel, pondering his words and wondering if this grand destiny about her son would ever happen. But then the time came and God signalled the moment. Jesus entered his ministry and he finished the task God had given him to do. His life and ministry changed our world forever. This Christmas, the God of heaven hasn't changed. He's still a talking God and he's still speaking to his people. His words still carry authority and power and he's watching over them to perform them. He's still looking for hearts like Mary and Joseph, people who will follow him. So the question becomes, what is God speaking to you about this Christmas? What is he asking you to do? He has plans that are bigger than our imagination. They're greater than our resources. They go far beyond the limit of our small worlds. It starts with the seed of his promise. His word spoken to our hearts. Then we carry it inside of us like Mary, by faith, trusting him for each step. We cooperate with what he's saying along the way when the enemy comes in to attack and to snatch that promise away. And we wait with faith and with patience until the right time comes and the promise is born. And when that happens, 
everyone around us can share in the blessing of seeing God's words fulfilled and his will done on earth as it is in heaven. Great to have you on the show today. Don't miss the next episode by subscribing on iTunes. Search for God Conversations with Tanya Harris and click subscribe. While you're there, leave us a review so others can learn to hear God's voice too. 